Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round two recap for this week's Valspar Championship. And joining me to break it all down, Mark Immelman is here. Hello, Mark. How's it, Rick? How are you, man? It's good to be with you. Yeah, you were just saying uh, you're enjoying your your week off. This is like a different a different vibe. We have you at home as opposed to in a hotel. Oh, well, do you see me all casual here <laughs> in, uh, in my little studio? And I've been doing some high school girls golf coaching. In fact, we just come back from a practice round in the rain, so... Um, yeah, it's life is sort of normalish for a few weeks here before the Masters. I love it. All right. Well, uh, lots of hot and heavy golf action happening in Florida right now. The Valspar, they are just concluding kind of round number two as we as we speak here. Mark, zooming out a little bit before we look at the leaderboard, Thursday's scoring average nearly a stroke and a half over par. Uh, Friday's only a half a stroke over par, but I'm not sure that really tells the entire story. Definitely better conditions for the morning wave here on Friday. That typically is the case in Florida. I mean, wherever you play, whether it's uh, down at the PGA National for the Honda Classic or this place, Innisbrook on the west coast of Florida or Bay Hill even, um, certainly the players. Mornings, you'll normally have conditions that are slightly more calm. And then when you coast, when you're coastal, man, the wind tends to want to kick up in the afternoon. As soon as, as, soon as clouds and stuff blow off, then you're going to get some wind. So it's, it's pretty standard. I mean, of all the years I've been to this event, and it's been quite a few, I, I, I would almost say you could almost set your wristwatch on the fact that in the afternoon you're gonna get 10 to 15 or so and and a lot of these holes they're awkward because it blows across you and then unlike most florida courses you're playing from elevation a number of the time so the ball spends more time in the air and you're above the tree line so you know the thing gets buffeted around the place quite a bit so it's a great golf course and um year in and year out because i watched the morning coverage and i thought the greens looked soft they really did and still the place is proving a handful. So, um, yeah, it's it's just a good golf course uh, with variable breezes all the time. Well, Adam Schenk got out early on Friday and took advantage. It was a 5-under 66 on Thursday. followed it up with a 2-under 69 on Friday. He made three birdies mark out of his first five holes. And as of right now, there are a couple of guys who could potentially get hot and, and make a run at this. But it, it appears that Adam Schenk is going to head into the weekend as our leader at the Valspar. Yeah, uh, both nines, if you're going to get some work done early, you want to try and take advantage. But I would say on the front side, you've got holes one and two. Three, if you get in the fairway, you can get a little bit of a look, but the green is tiny. And four is a par three that in the afternoon always plays harder because it's just a hectic crosswind all the time. But in the morning, it's receptive and you can get after it with like eight iron or something like that. Then you have a par five. So on the front nine there, you can get busy as Shank did. But I was just looking through some of the numbers. I mean... A lot of folks will go, well, where did this guy come from? 
But since the Farmers Insurance Open this year, he's only missed one cut and he played all of the events. Uh, that one cut he missed was the Players' Championship last week where he was on the wrong side of the draw. And uh, he shot 13 rounds in the 60s. So the guy who's sort of quite reliable from tee to green has sort of had it percolating, you know? And all of a sudden you get to a place where you feel a little something, you hit a few good shots, all of a sudden you make a few putts and the next thing you find yourself atop the leaderboard. But this is uncharted territory for him he has contended before but sleeping on a lead this is a new deal i'm sure yeah his best finish this year a t12 in las vegas at the shriners children's open also probably gonna be watching his boilermakers play their first round matchup uh here in just a just a few minutes mark i'll, I'll you know we're live i can date it about about a, about a half hour away from his boilermakers getting into action yeah, that's uh, that that's stuff above my pay grade over there. You guys always pull fill in the brackets and stuff. And when I have in the past for this, it's been just like a guess. I, I sort of go with teams that I know perennially have been good, but I don't follow much college basketball anymore, to be honest. All right, well, let's talk more golf then. Sitting yeah, so solo <laughs> second at the moment is Kramer Hickok, a pair of 68s for him. You're looking at the results, Mark. Uh, a little bit of a similar but but different story. It, it's it's like nine straight cuts from the Sanderson Farms to the Phoenix Open, but just as of late, potentially starting to find something. T29 at Riviera, T14 at the Honda Classic. He did make the cut at the Players' Championship. He finished T44, so Kramer Hickok building a little bit of momentum and trying to pay it off here at the Valspar. Yeah, he had that big uh, run there at the Travelers Championship with Harris English a, a little ways back. And and when I watched him a little bit last week at the Players, it looked to me like there was a newfound confidence with him. And it's just the way a guy sort of conducts himself. You know, when you show up on the range, you can see they don't kind of look around the place and then go and find themselves a corner. He, he's been around the tour for a while now, and he looks like he feels like he belongs. And the next step for Kramer Hickok now, who's hung around a few times and kept his card, is now to start contending. He has in the past, but now contend consistently and give himself a shot to win. So, yeah, he's he's certainly looking a little bit more content. He's looking more confident, certainly. And he's always been reliable, I've thought. And he has the luxury, I think, of, you know, for all the golfers from the University of Texas, even as it relates to Cody Gribble to a certain extent, he's sort of the guy that no one's really expecting very much of. So apart from self-expectation, which is a big thing, uh, I think that he's sort of freewheeling in a strange sort of a way. So I'd like to see him continue to go because he's, he's, I've watched him since that, uh, since that Travelers cha uh, Championship when we got the front, him front and center in the show. So you know, having watched him for eight playoff holes, you kind of it sticks in your mind a bit. And so I'm paying attention and it seems to me like he's getting some traction. Yeah, so we'll continue uh, with the morning wave players. That's when that's when scoring was better. You mentioned it. Cody Gribble, 65. Wyndham Clark, 66. Tommy Fleetwood, uh, we'll, we'll save him. We'll, we'll go with uh, Gribble and Wyndham Clark here, Mark. A uh, couple of things. Wyndham Clark was kind of one of those sneaky little second tier options in the betting market this week. In fact, our very own Kyle M has chosen him as his one and done pick by himself. He's a lone wolf. So just a couple of shots off the lead for Wyndham as we enter the weekend. Yeah. Um, when I saw that pick, I'll be honest, I was like, I feel like he's going to be a bit hemmed in around this place because he hits it hard and he kind of spins it hard. And I mean, if you look through the data, this is your stuff. His average clubhead speed on tour is like 123 miles an hour, which is elite. That's inside the top five. So he swings it hard. 
And um, I just thought around here, we because he doesn't really launch the ball like a Rory. It sort of spins into the air, and a spinny ball hit hard, falls at the mercy of the wind. So I was like, well, I know he's been playing well. I actually spoke to him for a long time in Phoenix um, prior to the, the third round, and he does these drills to kind of shallow out his uh, angle of approach and, and change the spin on the ball. But he said to me, as soon as the pressure gets up and he tees it up for real, you know, he goes back to his old habit, which is swinging hard, hitting down and left. So I was like, oh, okay, he's playing, been playing well, but the verdict's out for me. Um, but then when I saw him play some on PGA Tour Live this morning, it looked good. And and he took advantage of the par fives, which you have to do around you. There's three of them. And um, so right now, I mean, it's all looking like moonshine and roses. I hope for his sake, because a lot has been expected of him, I hope for his sake that he pulls, not pulls one off, but just continues to contend because he has been in the mix and then sort of disappeared and then got himself back into the mix kind of thing in the few events where I've been around on the golf course. So I'd like to see him put a good one together tomorrow and then perhaps threaten for his uh, first PGA Tour win. Three off the pace for Wyndham Clark heading into the weekend. Just two off the pace for Tommy Fleetwood. Talking about signature or maiden PGA tour victories. Tommy lad looking for one here, Mark, and has certainly put himself in position to contend. He has for the last few weeks. I mean, good golly, what happened to him in the final day there at uh, the players championship. Um, and that's sort of the knock on him a little bit right now, but let's not forget. He's got Butch uh, Harmon on the scene there. And Butch has been around winners since he was around his dad, <laughs> Claude, who was a winner at the, of the Masters. So so Butch knows how to coach them. Uh, he's more of a coach to me than what he's a teacher. And and you can see what he's doing with uh, Ricky, who was in the doldrums some, working very hard on technique. And then he and Ricky have got together, and he's helping Ricky find Ricky. And it looks to me, when I watched uh, Fleetwood play this morning, that he looks super comfortable. I mean, he out, outplayed it roundly outplayed Justin Rose, who's playing very well right now. And obviously Matthew Fitzpatrick, the third of the group, wasn't very sharp at all. Um, but Tommy is kind of, he's keen looking. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm liking where he is. I hope for um, our one and done sake, he doesn't win. <laughs> I'd like him just to have a really high finish and win somewhere else where I have got him. Um, but right now he's looking uh, enterprising. Uh, myself, Sia Najad, Greg Ducharme rolling with Tommy Fleetwood. Come on, Tommy, finish third. You know you can do it. <laughs> Come on, Tommy, win the golf tournament. You know you can do it, babe. Let's do it. Uh, as we transition to the weekend, a couple of big names, or excuse me, to the afternoon wave, some big names uh, coming out of that side of the draw. Jordan Spieth in the mix. It's a one under 70 for Jordan with one, two, three birdies. Two bogeys, Mark, that is 13 pars. That's <laughs> about as calm, cool, and collected of a round you're ever going to see out of Jordan Speed. But a lot of those pars weren't very calm and cool. That's and right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's typical stuff. But um, I think um, in our pre-game pre show, I said, I'm like, I'm doing it. Because ordinarily, I won't roll with Speed unless it's somewhere at the Masters or whatever the place might be where it's wide and he can hit the thing a little bit and just show his creativity. Now, this place is undulating and you have to hit shots. So that's where I felt, okay, it might be the time. But I just saw enough last week, even though he was sort of all over the place a little, it looked to me like it was right there. And um, he's proving it this week. And and I would, has, I'm going to say it, 
Um, we'll see how this works. It might be one of those, those statements that doesn't age very well. But if, if you stay in front of Spieth, you're winning. I, I believe. I really believe that this week. Lord knows why I didn't pick him in one and done. <laughs> but but anyway, here we are. Um, it, to me, it, it, I've been saying so for a few weeks now. And I got uh, Coachman on the uh, on the bandwagon last week when we were working together and had him in feature groups coverage because the first thing coach said to me was well he's putting poorly and i'm like get your head out of the freaking shot link computer and let's watch a little golf shall we <laughs> and then when we were watching golf in feature groups i showed him how the speed was there and putts were missing on the high side and if he was missing it wasn't like he was up and out of putts like he has been before they held his attention and they might have been misreads or too much speed or whatever so to me, it's all there, and uh, and Jordan's kind of looking, he's looking good to me right now. Yeah, we'll get to this after the break, but just a little bit of a spoiler alert: Jordan Spieth's going to be the favorite to win the Valspar when we get over to that side of things. So just to, I had him in my outrights. He was one there. Of my you go. Favorites. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling there. So just to recap: Adam Shank out front seven under. We've got Kramer Hickok alone at six, and then kind of piling up behind at five under with Cody Gribble, Tommy Fleetwood, Jordan Spieth, uh, and Davis Riley, who's still who's still out on the golf course. A little bit deeper down that board is Justin Thomas, and and Mark. It was a one under. Uh, 70 for, for JT. He's three under par, so that's four shots off the lead. But it, it seems like that uh, the frustration is really building on the putting surfaces. You know, it's 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 it starts with a missing a putt and you get a head shake and then you get a knee slap and then you get a full on, you know, ar- throw the arms in the air type of deal. It just seems like a lot of energy being spent at, in that portion of the game. Hey, Rick. Not that we are at liberty to share this information, but do you remember us walking around I at do. Torrey Pines? I do. And I started giving you my opinion. I do. Then, then we bumped into someone who's in the know. I do. And they kind of agreed. <laughs> okay. I do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? It's, it's what my suspicions were sort of getting manifest a little bit. And like you say this, because there's just something amiss because he is making 73 look freaking easy. Mm-hmm. He's making 71 look freaking easy. And like 70 today, it was it was the highest he could have shot because it is just hard, hard work. And it looks to me like it's filtering through the bag because now you get this sense where if you watch Spieth and Greller for argument's sakes, <laughs> Jordan's just got to talk. He knows what he's going to do. And Michael's like, yeah, Jordan. No, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan. And Jordan hits the shot. Right now, we've got just about more than half of the approach shots jt's out there with two clubs in his hands and bones you see the hands back and forth and he's this and that and there's just information overload and this guy who's super creative to me i think is almost trying to hit the shot too perfectly to give the putter a chance if that makes sense yeah so there's this knock-on effect throughout the bag and very soon that that stuff starts to filter into the driver and when that when you start missing fairways and then missing putts then you got yourself a handful. But the iron game today, I saw him hit some shots. I was like, holy cow. But even still then, like hit one up 17 here late, where those guys have been having their way with that whole location. The proximity I had was probably pretty close. Where JT flats one in there, freaking gorgeous, but 40 feet beyond the flag. Where he could have just grilled seven iron up in the air, whatever the club was, and maybe put from short of the hole. But that's kind of sort of where it is right now because I almost feel like, I feel like, and again, it's just me and, and my opinion and $2.50 doesn't even get you a cappuccino at Starbucks. 
um, I, I just, it looks to me like he's having to hit shots almost too good because he's trying to cover up for the fact that on the greens, it's, it's a little ragged right now. Our two-time defending champion, Sam Burns, is going to need to do a lot of work if he wants to make that a three-peat. It was a two-pencil day for Burns, who had three birdies, two bogeys on the front. Uh, three bogeys, two birdies, and a double on the back. He played the snake pit at three over par. When you add it all up, Mark, it's a two over 73. He is seven shots off the pace, firmly in the weekend, but far from making this three in a row. Yeah, I'm going to say something that might sound a little controversial, but the truth be told is even though he's won you twice in a row, I was somewhat surprised he played as well as what he did in the first round. Me too. Because he hasn't had his best stuff. That's clear. Um, he's trying to deepen his arms in the backswing, I'm led to believe, with his coach, which um, I get why they might be doing it, but this guy loves to hit a fade shot. So if you get your arms deeper... Then you've got to rotate even harder to hit a fade. And then when you cut your arms late on that, then that face is late and open. Then you block your fade a few times. And uh, remember that tee shot he had down 16 today? Yeah. It was right over the water. Okay, yeah. <laughs> High speed burns from deep in behind you, rotating to not hit this thing left. That sort of stuff's going to happen. So look, he's looking better. And he certainly looks way more comfortable on like Southern style golf courses, you know, because he grew up in Louisiana. But but there's still uh, Sam Burns isn't Sam Burns just yet. And maybe a big weekend will help him just kind of add the confidence to what they're doing work wise. But right now it's uh, it's still it's kind of I wouldn't say it's smoke and mirrors, but 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 you're getting my drift, right? Yeah, this won't and this won't necessarily show up on the on the stat sheet. But he I mean, he did not drive it well on on mm. Thursday. He had a lot of big right misses one of them hit a tree and bounced directly back in the middle of the fairway the other ran about 40 yards down a cart path and gave him a perfect lie mm -hmm. and angle i mean that could have been two shots worse with a little bit of bad luck you know so 69 73 gets him into the weekend but yeah it does it it, it feels like there's a lot of yeah it's it well but trouble. but again that's that's kind of where i giggle with you guys where oftentimes you can if you just look at like a a a screen map of the scorecard yeah. and then where the ball plot was, it's how the ball got there. It's not where it ended. Right. And, and how they're getting there right now is, is not like he ordinarily has been. And you can kind of see it because when Sam Burns is confident, he owns the joint. Yeah. I mean, he walks onto the team. I don't care who's up there. You're in his ring right now. And, and to me, it doesn't really, it doesn't seem so much that way right now. Uh, one quick notable uh, who will not be around for the weekend that we we do have to chat about is is Adam Hadwin. Yeah, well, when you enter the day at two under par and you're one of the betting favorites and you make a triple on hole number two, uh, that is not going to go well. He climbed a back into this a bit, Mark, and then 16 jumped up and bit him, made a double there. It's five over 76. He will miss the weekend. And yes, I do also have to note uh, both the fans along with Kyle Porter and along with you, sir, Mark yeah. Gilman, uh, <laughs> will be earning $0 in the one and done this week. You know what? Uh, producer Josh um, sent me the the um, the spreadsheet for the one and done selections. And I take great pride in not missing cuts in this thing. You know, wins are bonuses. Uh, I believe if you get a bunch of top 20s and pick off the odd win and don't, don't miss any cuts, then you're doing well. But this is going to be now my third cut. And all of them, 
all of them, I've kind of picked folks that should play well at the golf course. And I kind of gone away from a little bit of um, sort of their style of playing white weight might fit the golf course. I've just purely gone with record. And that was a misstep on my behalf. But anyways, um, if I had it to do over, I'd, I'd may have picked somebody else, but that's beside the point. What I do want to say about Hadwin is I watched the early portion of it and then I had uh, the girls golf practice. So I was just keeping up with it on uh, just looking at scoring once in a while. And then when I switched on to our cast, because I saw he pied 15 mm -hmm. and he was like right there on the number to make a cut. And then next thing I turn on and I see 307 yards to uh, unknown. Yep. <laughs> 60, the first person I thought about was you. So yep. I was like, oh, geez, here we go. Because if you miss it down the left on 60, look, if you miss it in the right, if you miss it in the right the wrong way, you're making double because it's the second is so long. You can get a little lucky and drop it up the fairway if the angle is correct with the water down there. But if you miss it down the trees on the left, that's like jail. And those trees are close together there. And then there's this big hardwood that hangs out there about 40 yards short of the green. It's impossible. And so uh, you get in there and you rattle around a few times. Then that green is tiny, man. And it sits at an angle to one. So you stand one up against the right to left breeze and it plugs in the bunker or something. You get busy quickly. And that happened with him over there. Adam Hadman won't be around for the weekend. Uh, for those who don't know, my podcast, 300 Yards to Unknown, named named for that reason. Here, here's an all-timer, Mark. Josh, can you share my screen? Uh, this one came up this week. Johnny Vegas, 3,278 <laughs> yards to unknown, 3,041 yards to the hole. So, yeah, the, the, a volunteer got that one a little bit wrong, but I appreciate this is This is an all-time screenshot for me. This is, this is too where, like – the folks that, that have the gospel according to Shotlink and Strokes Gain, right? The, God bless them. But currently, look, this is all changing in a couple of years. I've got to tell you, that studio that the tour is building, where they're going to do their broadcast from in Ponte Vedra, it is mammoth, okay? And I spoke with the guy designing it, and they're going to drop these digital grids onto every golf course. They're going to plot your golf ball within an inch, basically. Yeah. It's becoming computerized. But currently, you've got some retirees from wherever you the tour, PGA Tour are. And you see them looking around through their little thing and some little guy's waving his hat. I'm like, they're missing numbers often, okay, <laughs> often. And so that's emblematic of, of my point. Uh, beautiful. All right. Uh, let us look at the odds board. Uh, two rounds to go at Valspar. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me, and I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple, and that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most, and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. 
The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. And we're back. Let's see the odds at the halfway point of the Valspar Championship. And as I already foreshadowed, Jordan Spieth, two shots off the lead, is the favorite. Five to one. Tommy Fleetwood, also two shots off the pace. Six and a half to one. Our current leader, Adam Shank, by himself, one shot lead going into the weekend. Seven to one. Kramer Hickok, just one shot back, eight and a half to one. JT still lurking and still giving sports books fits. Four shots off the lead. He's nine to one. Davis Riley still out on the golf course, nine to one. And then Wyndham Clark, who we chatted about, uh, who is currently three shots off the lead, is 12 to one. So, Mark, anything stand out to you here that you think might be interesting? Yeah, one that makes me sort of nauseated some. And that's the guy who I was going to go with um, in one and done there, plus nine hundred and Davis Riley. Um, I think he's a. I think he's a really good play. He's done here well before. He's done well here before. He's got James Edmonds on the bag now. Uh, James Edmonds, longtime caddy for Ryan Palmer, hell of a player in his own right. Now, not that um, Davis didn't have a good caddy on the bag because he had Lance Bennett for a while, but you know James is kind of he's authoritative in a way. And I think he's going to help a very talented young man kind of navigate those bad days, you know, not let him hit the crazy shot to try and force the issue correct. So I like like Davis at plus 900. I haven't looked at the weather. Um, if this is going to be a par of the thing to death contest like it has been in the past, I'm, I'm remiss to predict that because um, the greens look softish still. But then JT is not a bad bet either because if he just keeps hitting greens and two-putting all the time and you make the odd birdie, um, you add a couple 69s or whatever to the – you might be in it. But like I said, I'm like uh, – if you stay in front of Spieth, uh, I think you're winning this. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. Jordan Spieth was, let's see, uh, on your card before the week started, on Greg's card before the week started, on my card before the week started. So I don't think there is much – reason to really get out of that i i think i think jordan spieth is uh probably gonna win this golf tournament well he's one year before and the last time he won year was the last time he played here and and i found some of his post round comments on day one curious because he's like these are the best these greens have, i've ever seen them i've looked like dude you've been here one time before <laughs> <laughs> yeah the bar the bar is low <laughs> yeah I'm like, I'm like this was like when you were a rookie and that year when he won his game looks the same as what it is to me right now, but what he has added to the mix is some power. People don't realize how long Jordan is off the tee. Um, and it's not like, wow, long like you watch Rory hit it or Vegas or one of those sorts of guys. It's Spethian, you know, it kind of tumbles through the air, hits the ground, goes once in a while he catches them. And so he's long and he's, he's a decent iron player, we know, but around the greens, he's a virtuoso. And these greens are small and they're perched and there's some horrid rough around the place. And, and you got to have skill around the greens yet too. And uh, of all of those folks, he's by far and away the best around the greens. Not even a contest. 
Yeah, he almost pulled a little magic on his final hole of the day uh, out of the bunker as well. Left it right on the lip, tapped it in for par. Mm. Okay, halfway home. Halfway home at the Valspar Championship. We'll be back after each and every round. And then we'll go to, I think next week is seven days a week, Mark, because the match play starts on Wednesday. So we've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So we are going to go. So hold on. Let me think about this. We are going to go 11 consecutive days of first cut content. Yeah, and that match play, you know me, I, I normally think ahead a little bit about uh, one and done, right? This is the thing. It's the thing in my world. It's like my calling card. <laughs> oh, I don't know what on earth I'm going to do without Sergio Garcia in the field. Every year I'd go to Garcia or Louis, and both those fools are playing on the live leagues. So I'm really not sure what I'm going to do in match play. Is, is Kevin Kisner in the field? You could go with Kiz. Hey, I, I, t Kiz is unconvincing to me right now. Uh, he's changed golf instructors. Um, and uh, who was a guy that was normally f a free flowing sort of a golfer and he had a dynamic short game is working so hard in his golf swing all the time that it's almost like uh, his calling card, the short game almost got overlooked a little bit because you're always working so hard on the full swing. Hmm. And so, yeah, Kiz is a great match player because Kiz is dogged. Um, but, but you, you, you're not going to scrub your way to winning that thing. You've got to be able to hit the ball around that place, especially in Texas undulations. You've got to hit it solid windy. You've got to hit it solid. So you're going to have to go with some guy who chips and putts and it's it pretty well, kind of like a Scotty Scheffler, but I've used him already in uh, Phoenix, although that worked out fine. That, yes, it did. <laughs> no, no complaints about the result in Phoenix from Scotty Scheffler. Uh, all right. Big thanks to producer Josh. Uh, does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman is available at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.